save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. I want to be like, hello, my beautiful family. I feel like you guys are an extension of my family. How are you? Oh, man, you guys are so good to me. I get to meet so many of you on consults, and it just rocks my world in the best way. You guys are amazing. Speaking of you guys, I want to read a written podcast review. I want you to review this. I don't have any new ones to read today, so I would just love it. I'd give you a slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, high five. If you would just take a minute and leave me a written review. Literally, if you go leave one right now, yours would be next and I would read it on the next podcast. How cool would that be? I would love it. And so I just so appreciate that. Reviews help people find the podcast and grow this community. Who doesn't want that? Speaking of community, oh my gosh, the group that I was talking about in the last couple episodes, you guys, we started, uh, we had our first call on Monday night. Those of you who have been attending, you know, who were in it, obviously you already know this, you were there. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. And it honestly reminded me of the fact that community is healing. And for those of you who maybe wanted to sign up, but were like, maybe, maybe next time or, or just are scared of groups or don't like groups or whatever. It's so totally okay. I just want you to know, like, I want everybody, if you have a hard time having deep friendships or feeling safe in a group or number one, you know, check your connections with your family of origin. Cause usually if there's not good attachment there, it, it really impacts our ability to attach in like a group setting. And then number two, you are worthy of community with however sick or unwell or imperfect you feel like you are, and and you are imperfect, I am too, all of us are, we are still worthy of community. And I think one of my favorite things about being the postpartum coach is taking women, is, is helping women who are literally like, a lot of times we're all by ourselves all day, unless we figure out a play date. But if our kids are sick, then we can't have play dates, you know? So there's a lot of isolation that happens. And sometimes we love it, right? Alone time can be amazing and it's really nice and it's a good thing. But sometimes I think we tell ourselves that we're okay or that we like it, but in reality, we really desperately miss community. And social media, like, it gives a little bit of community, but it's so not real. Like, you want real-time, real faces, real live connection. So if you'd like that postpartum, I'm going to probably, I can't guarantee it, but I will probably, based on how this one is going, I'll probably do another one of these groups. And so get on my email list so that you don't miss it because it's really, truly amazing. This, this postpartum community 
it's so validating to see other women in the same struggles you have and get coaching and healing together. To get on my email list, you just go to lizzylangston.com forward slash freebie and you can download a freebie, which is there. It's a guide to basically self-diagnosing postpartum anxiety and depression so that you have some language to it when you talk to your healthcare professionals, if you decide to do that so that you just know where you are on the spectrum. Anyway, if you go to lizzylangston.com forward slash freebie, you'll get the freebie and then you will be on my email list. So Make sure you do that if you're interested in future groups. And if you ever want to come talk about coaching privately or anything else, just book a consult. Okay. Who has seen the movie Turning Red? Raise your hand. Be like, holla. Hopefully you have. I'm not going to be spoiling anything today, but I am going to be talking about the movie. It's a Disney Pixar movie, Turning Red. I think it's Pixar and Disney. Anyway, because it's so good. Now, Some people, it sounds like from what I've heard people say about what people are saying online on social media, I deliberately don't spend a whole ton of time just scrolling social media, but I do sometimes a little bit, mostly postpartum stuff because I'm a geek. But um, I have heard that there's been like some people that love turning red like I do, and then some people who really hated it and thought it was horrible or like there were inappropriate, not, not necessarily inappropriate, but like that it wasn't modeling good relationships or something. I don't, I don't know. I actually didn't read any of it. I just heard there was sort of a split between viewers of the movie. So if you have Disney plus check it out. And then I'm going to be talking about it in terms of something that has come up, um, on consults with clients, as well as in my own journey with my healing of my mother wound and other family intricacies, which is self abandonment. This is Oh, this is going to be so good. And this could be a little bit, when I say triggering, what I mean is this topic could actually, it does have the potential this episode today to wake you up to something that you've never seen. And once you've woken up to something you've never seen, you can never unsee it as they say, (laughs) just like you can't unsee the movie turning red, or just like you can't unsee I don't know, something really beautiful, like a flower. Once you've seen a rose, you can never not see a rose. It's, you know, anytime somebody says, oh, I saw a rose, like you're going to know what it looks like because you've seen one versus maybe somebody who's blind and doesn't have vision would have to imagine something else, right? Well, once I talk to you about the term self-abandonment, it might change the way you see your relationship with your mother. It might change the way you see your relationship with your family of origin in general. And that can only bring good things, but sometimes things get a little bit rockier before they get better, as you will kind of see in the Turning Red movie. Personally, I love how they displayed all of it. I am in agreement with 99% of it. I and actually all I mean it some of sometimes as like a mom of little kids, I was like, oh, but she is 13 and my kids are little. So I personally chose to let them watch it. And I think it's great material to have discussions around. We did have some good discussions around it. Um but it was also age appropriate and I make sure I made sure that I discussed it with them in age appropriate ways. So to each his own. I personally loved it though as like a movie just to watch just for you. And then maybe you can decide if you want to have your kids watch it. Or maybe you've all already watched it because oh my gosh, a new Disney movie. <laughs> right? Okay. So let's dive in a little bit to self-abandonment. The first thing I want to say is yes, the movie made me think about this, but really what what made me want to talk about this was I had a consult and I'm obviously not going to divulge any specific identifying information or name. Um, but recently had a consult and, um, this person was, 
um, feeling very sort of guilty, even though she really wanted to make a certain decision, she was feeling really guilty. Um, actually she'd already made the decision. Like she wanted to move forward with this particular thing that she was doing. Um, but she felt so she had this guilt that almost made her want to shy away from making the decision and like talking with her spouse about investing in this decision and whatever. And, um, and when we kind of gratefully, she felt safe enough, you know, to where we were able to, to prod a little and to just see like, Hey, what's that guilt about? There was a thought about, and this, I'm going to share this because this wasn't just this person. This is so many women who talk to me who want to invest in their mental health. And this comes up this thought that it's selfish, this word selfish. How do you know when something is selfish versus, uh, good for you and good for the community? And if you're doing something that's good for you, but it's not good for your family, that's one thing. Personally, I believe that that never is going to be the case for mental health help, right? Getting help for your mental health only ever creates more abundance in your family. Whether you go out and turn around and start a business and produce money and it's actually like that kind of abundance and it's measurable or, and, or if, but also if you just have more patience or you have more connection now I think I think what the real fear is is that women know that if they start to clean up their mental health and do some work and some healing what happens is they actually start to maybe have more desires to do more things for themselves because <laughs> that's healthy actually. And so it seems like the word selfish has actually, people have taught us that it's selfish to take care of yourself because those people were going to be inconvenienced by us having more needs, more wants, more desires, and speaking up for ourselves more, using our voice more. It feels like a little bit of an abusive word to be using. I'm just going to put that word out there. It's because the way that I see women using the word selfish with themselves, whoever taught them that word and however that word was portrayed to them, whether it was the collective society or your dad or whoever else, it feels a little blinding. I just suspect that this word selfish maybe is in part put there to keep us from taking care of ourselves. Maybe the people who taught us about selfish genuinely believed that that was going to produce the best outcome for the collective whole. But what the the movie Turning Red, what it really highlights is at what point do we say, yes, I care about being a participant in my family or in the collective group here, but not at my own expense. So at what point, at what age, when in our life do we get to say, if what my family is asking me to do is actually going against my developing self that is emerging, then do I just push my developing self down under so that I just am the lovely little girl that my mom wants me to be? Assuming she does, you know, not all moms are like the mom in, in that movie. Or do I say, no, mom, I really want this, right? I'm going to, before, like, again, I want to just kind of contextualize this before we really deep deep dive into the specifics, because I think 
I want to help you see it if it's happening for you. And also it's just kind of a meaty (laughs) subject matter for me. There was self-abandonment is actually my biggest trauma of growing up. Um, and I can't say that anyone in my family ever asked me to abandon myself, right? Maybe there just wasn't parameters and boundaries and space set up to facilitate the emergence of my self. When, what I'm talking about, by the way, is like when we're toddlers, you know, and three, four, five, six, seven years old, especially like maybe five and under, four and under, we really just do whatever our parents. I mean, we're very easily persuaded to do whatever mom wants us to do, even if we want to do something else, because our parameters of safety are that big. But then there's this, this sweet little thing called desire <laughs> that we start to develop. And it's really strong when we're young, right? Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. And it just gets bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger. But then around the time it gets so strong that we might actually like potentially make decisions that our family doesn't want. Now, again, there is a space for a parent to say, even though you want to make that decision, sweetheart, no, you can't do it because that, that parent has the unique perspective of a parent, right? Versus a teenager. Teenagers don't always know the consequences of their desires and their decisions. Not really, you know, and so, um, I'm not saying it's wrong for a parent to ever deny a desire of their teenager or their six-year-old, et cetera. But there, it can also go too far where the parent, and it does, where parents leverage and take advantage of the fact, and they don't, they don't do this on purpose, right? They're just looking out for the whole collective and they might actually inhibit the individual um, kind of revealing herself and coming into her own in a healthy way, right? And it's so subjective. There's so much nuance here. So what I want to do is I just want to teach you... Um, what this looks like, like in the movie, and also talk about it a little bit from my experience and then leave it with you to kind of see, have I self-abandoned? Am I self-abandoning? Do am, You can be doing this in your marriage. It starts typically when we're little. And at some point we, whether to please our parents or to please friends or both or anybody else, we abandon ourselves and we um, ab- abandon. We can also just call this um, you know, any form of doing things for others and not doing them for ourselves. This is a quick side note to When Calls the Heart. It's a Hallmark series, an all-Canadian production. And the, has it Henry? Yeah, Henry, the guy that's like kind of just has a lot of problems and a tough time in the community, but they still love him, but he just kind of makes bad decisions sometimes. And his son finally comes into his life and he's like counseling his son. And he's basically just like, make sure you're doing what you're doing for you. Cause most of the bad decisions I've made in my life that had poor consequences, like I was doing the, I was making those decisions for other people. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so, anyway, as you look back on the last decade of your life and at your life today, um, how much, how many of your decisions are you doing for others and have an, like an others based decision and reason? And how many of those decisions have you made based off of a genuine, authentic desire? Following your desires is how you find your true self. Parents are there to help mitigate, you know, negative consequences and educate you about how, when you choose your desires in, you know, this, these are things that can happen, but I don't believe that it's a parent's responsibility to try to change your desires. Okay. I really don't. I believe parents are there to help facilitate your desires, to help you achieve them. If, if the parent co-decides with you, the older you get, the more of a co-decision it becomes, right? Until it's ultimately just your decision. Is that desire I'm going to produce the life you want, but the parent should never be like, is that desire, is my child's desire going to produce the life I want for them? Right. And I think that's, that's a lot of the, if you want to call it abuse, I don't, I don't think many parents do that intentionally, but that's a lot of what does happen. Um, and when they're little, it's different, but as they get older, you know, they start to clue into that. And then you'll see in the movie, what that creates is either the child is lying to you um, or just resentment. And usually it ends in a fight, but the beautiful part, like you'll see in the movie is that through the, unfortunately they, they fought because neither of them could really be honest or the mom couldn't make space for the daughter. And the, so the daughter hid things from the mom, but after their kind of big blowout, they realize that there can be mutual respect and love, right? This 13 year old can be loved and respected and she can demand some liberties within the realms of what make, you know, what her mom believes is safe and secure. Um, but it, there is some discomfort, right? The mom doesn't get everything she wants with how the daughter does things. And the daughter doesn't get everything she wants either. She's still got to be home by dinner, but she can wear, you know, something a little different than her mom would want her to wear as you see there. So all right, I'm going to just give you three examples, um, and and really, I want I want to draw the difference between like when you want to be doing what your mom wants because you love your mom versus you're doing what she wants because you genuinely believe that if you do what would be more honest for yourself, love would be withdrawn. I think that's the piece we have to be careful of. Are we are we being who we are because we believe that if we are something different, love will be withdrawn? or safety, physical safety, emotional safety will be taken from us, or we will be excluded, kicked out of the group, right? So that's that's ultimately, I think, in my personal closet of emotions in my body, I think that's what I get the most afraid of. We are very tribal. Our evolution has been very, very tribal. You got to stay with the group to stay alive. You got to do it how the group does it. But sometimes when we really develop our inner selves in the most powerful, authentic way, we make choices or make moves in our lives that are different than the family we came from. Maybe others of our siblings are doing that too. And so there's some like similarity and comfort together in that, but maybe not. Maybe we're the only one breaking out of stuff. And that can be really, really lonely, which is another reason that I, I do what I do is I love um, to help you know women who are... Um, 
developing themselves in an authentic, powerful way that might create some little ripples or, or big waves, um, with the people that are immediately in their lives, it takes, you know, a community of support to, to do stuff like that, but it also changes the generations. So powerful. All right, you guys, you've stuck with me through the contextualizing (laughs) as we will call it. So let's talk about it in the movie turning red. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just giggling. I just love it. I love the little character, May May. She's so cute. I actually have a niece named May, so that's a really fun little name. In the very beginning, she's introducing herself and she's talking about how like, we should all be loyal to our parents, right? I mean, they give us everything, so we should do everything they say, right? I mean, if you think about all the things our parents give us, they give us life for goodness sakes, but does that give them the right to take away our agency? Does that give them the right to demand that we do everything they ask of us for our whole lives? That servitude, right? Um, and so that's kind of the question she poses. And she specifically, she talks about like to where we, like, is it, are we supposed to honor our parents so hard that we abandon ourselves and, and we don't honor ourselves? And, um, and then she's like, but I don't have that problem. And then she goes into her little spiel and her character is developed right there. And it's so cute. Um, but that, I love the question she poses and it's super triggering to those of us who are still pleasing our parents at our own expense and are not looking at the work of really addressing who we really are and finding that out because sometimes it's just easier to just be who your family needs you to be and to stay in that role of who they needed you to be all those years growing up. Sometimes in our twenties and thirties, we just, we just keep doing that. But at some point for some of us, it's like in our twenties, some of us in our thirties, forties, fifties, some, some of us never ever get to this point. We get to say, Hey, is this, do I want to continue to have this programming, these habits? You know, that's part of being an adult is really cleaning up shop in our brain and being like, wait a second, that was that family. That's how my parents did it. Is that how I want to do it for me? Um, is that how I will do it for my kids? What am I going to take? What am I going to leave? Um, so that's, that's a question to help you not differentiate right between like, yeah, I can honor my parents, but also, are you honoring yourself? The next thing I want to share is lying. Listen, when we think about the word lying, we think about it like, um, telling a really blatant lie. Like, you know, your mom looks you right in the face and you lie. And then you feel this horrible sensation in your body, you know, and you're super scared. Is she going to find out I'm telling the truth or I'm lying? But there's also actually the, it's like a trauma response of, of lying. And it's not like, did you take my makeup out of my bathroom? And I lie like, no, I didn't. But more of when we are trying desperately to fulfill the role that our parents want us to be and almost like maybe even they tell us they need us to be this role. And we're, we're scared that if we don't play this role for them, that they might not do so well, right? Maybe it's not that they'll withdraw love. Maybe it's that they'll fall apart or like commit suicide or harm themselves or that they will just be a mess. And so we never, ever want to like have that happen, of course, because we love them. So we, at our own expense for chronically, we will just like pretend that we like this when we actually don't, or we will, we will just, even just never questioning any of it is kind of a lie. Like it's not, it's not like you're lying by not questioning it, but sometimes we can just look away from addressing how much we really are pretending in our family relationships because of this deep fear we have 
you know, some of, some people in our families are really not mentally well, and maybe that's your parents for you or an aunt or an uncle or sibling. And so it can be really tempting to believe that if we can just show up in this certain way that we can have control over their actions and and that we can ensure and make sure that they are safe in some way. But I want you to know that that's not true. So I think that Mei Mei in this movie, she lied to her mom because she was afraid of her mom's response and because she was also really, there was something in her that she loved to feel when she had her mom's approval. When her mom approved of her actions, Mei Mei loved that so much that she even kind of threw her friends under the bus at one point just to feel that warm, fuzzy approval. So the way that you really... What you have to really um, get good at before you can actually stop self-abandoning and change these habits in your close relationships is you have to know how to love and accept yourself and to approve of yourself. If you don't know how to love and accept yourself and, and approve of yourself, if you don't know how to talk to yourself in a loving way and you don't know how to have your own back and how to forgive yourself and how to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and really hold the space for you to learn and make mistakes and try again. If you don't know how to do that for yourself, then you will never, ever, ever be able to break out of toxic relationships. In my coaching and in my groups, that is one of the first things we start working on, right? We're really working on managing anxiety and depression, but as we get closer to the end of the three-step process, so for real quick, for those who don't know, I have a three-step process that I really take women through in my group coaching, calm your body, calm your mind, and calm your life. And in the calm your life phase is when we really can start honing in on, okay, so now you're not depressed and anxious anymore, and you've got a really good mastery over calming your body and mind, and you've got your, you're listening to your body and you've got your mind in check. So it's not just running away from you all the time. It totally will still sometimes because we're all humans <laughs> and we have little kids and our brains just, you know, it does that. But then we start to focus more on bigger ticket items <laughs> like outside of us. So once we get the internal world aligned and you get more honest and authentic with yourself, you learn how to start supporting yourself and being kind to yourself. That's when you can start, um, you know, setting boundaries with family members and really calming your life, setting up your life in a way that you want it to be. It doesn't mean you have to like exile people out of your lives. Um, although, you know, people might respond to you taking care of yourself better than you ever have with negativity. They might not like it because maybe it triggers, you know, them not looking at their own self-abandonment that they are still living in. So that's okay too, too though. But you have people you then you bring people into your life that do support you being healthy and taking care of yourself and um it's really beautiful. I love that in the movie May May lets her mom see who she really is. There's this one point where she's like, "Guess what, mom? I love loud music and I do love boys. Like I like boys and I like this band and blah blah blah." She did it. She was vulnerable even though unfortunately she lied for a while and then she was honest just cuz she couldn't let go of that mother's approval. It took her a minute before she could do that and that's okay. It totally makes sense. And also her mom really had a strong uh, tendency to only see Maymay as what she wanted to see Maymay as and not really seeing Maymay for who she really was, right? And Which is one of the reasons all of the events that transpired, which I'll try not to spoil, caught her mom by surprise because her mom was so busy like projecting this, this perfect daughter onto her daughter that she didn't see who her daughter really wanted to be and who she really is. 
when we know how to give ourselves approval and we know how to surround ourselves with people who approve and who love us, then it becomes easier to really get honest with who you are and in those more intimate relationships. Okay. Another way that Mamie demonstrated, um, self-abandonment, and I want to just draw your attention to this is if you are acting like a different self for different people, this is another, uh, way you can know that you're abandoning yourself or that you're just really trying to find yourself. Right. And so as an adult, I think we can all relate with this as a, like a, I think about seventh grade middle school, just, you know, uh, being friends with these girls over here and then for part of the year, and then really starting to gravitate towards these friends over there. And if you look at all those different friend groups, you kind of floated around, it's probably an indicator that those were just different parts of yourself that you were exploring. And, um, you were kind of trying to figure out which one fit the best, right? Which, which group of social elites (laughs) at school was really, um, uh, most reflective of who you, not just who you wanted to be, but who you really are. I think that's the tricky thing. And so as an adult, I think we do the same thing, right? Whether it's, we get really into shopping and then we get really into budgeting instead of buying so many things. Um, we try on all these different things until we really figure out, um, our truest priorities and our tr- most authentic choices, uh, in our, in our highest, strongest power and the highest, um, you know, integrity version of ourselves. So that's another thing to watch out for is, are you acting like a different person for different people? Uh, another way we do this, and that's, again, that's kind of like lying, but we're, we don't always have to call it lying. If we don't actually know yet who we really are, then we're not really lying. We're, you know, I don't even think like a 13 year old, I don't know that we need to call it lying. I mean, she did lie about deliberate specific engagements and stuff, but to a large extent, she still was trying to figure out and, and know who she was um, and being able to articulate it. So another way we, I know that I do this is like sugarcoating. So I will use language or I will withhold certain details and such in order to help somebody else feel comfortable. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No um, And I just want you guys to know that if you want to, you can stop doing that and you can just let people have the whole you and all of you and the whole truth. It will feel so good to you. And you know what will happen? The people that, that aren't ready to or aren't able or really worthy to be in your lives, they won't be able to handle that. And the people that are, they will love it and they will want more. So that's how you know you have somebody is like when you say something that you're not sure how she's going to take it, but you just really feel like you need to say it because it's true for you. But she's like so glad you said it and she's 
she honors it. And she's even like, I just love that about you. You know, that's when, you know, you've, you found a good one, <laughs> a good match an emotionally available friendy or a family member. All right. And speaking of family, the last thing I wanted to share is actually a post that I found on the page healing and CPTSD, which is a complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So healing dot and dot CPTSD or CPTSD. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a post from them. And I remember when I was just coming into a lot of my work, um, in finding myself as an adult and really figuring out who I am and who I am not in relation to family of origin and even just the world. Um, I came across this amazing little infographic and I love it. So I'm going to read it to you. It's actually a little easier to see probably visually, but I'll, there's, um, nine different little sections. Okay. And it says children shouldn't feel responsible for, and then it has nine things that children should not feel responsible for. And the more that you do feel responsible for these today, and the more that you did feel responsible for them growing up, that is like enmeshment that can be traumatic. It can create um, PTSD for you as you start to break away from your family of origin. So let me read these to you. Are you on the edge of your seat? <laughs> I feel like I was. When I when I came across this, my jaw dropped. I was like, I had no idea. This is amazing. So the first one is mediating conflict between parents. So did you ever feel like you needed to kind of help your mom through an argument with your dad or vice versa? Okay. That is not your job as a child. And, um, in a perfect world, parents would say, you know what, honey, I appreciate you trying to take care of me, but I can take care of myself. You just get to go be a kid, go play with your toys. I'm good. You know? And if I'm not good, I can figure that out, but you don't need to help me feel better. Right? So mediating conflict between parents, um, raising their siblings. So a lot of times, you know, depending on the mental health of, of parents, people can, end up feeling like they need to raise their, uh, siblings. I know that when my dad was going through a sort of a big break in his life, uh, in not good, you know, ways where he was really struggling with some things, um, my brothers needed to step in and help finish raising me and help my mom to parent me. And so, um, when it says children shouldn't feel responsible for it, this is like in a perfect world, you know, it doesn't mean that if you did feel responsible for it, that your parents were horrible parents, right? This is just like helping you understand maybe why you are the way you are and then helping you get more clear on the way that you're parenting the next generation. The next one is regulating a parent's emotions. Now, this is one that as a little girl, I took on a lot. Um, And I don't know that my parents asked me to. I feel like I did it more out of a way to survive, stay out of harm's way and get my needs met. Um, it looks like a lot of tiptoeing around a lot of buttering people up, right? We can do this a lot as a child, a lot of just trying to be really cute, trying to change the subject, even like the way I giggled, it was try to like, to try to kind of, uh, get my parents a certain way so that I could feel safe again. Um, if, you know, if, specifically with my dad, if his emotions were really big and scary for me as a little kid. So regulating a parent's emotions, is not, not our job. It's not your kid's job for you. Uh, the next one is protecting the family image. So this has to do with status, right? Do your parents expect you to keep secrets? 
Um, Do your parents ask you to hide things from the public? Do you see a really big gap between how your parents show up at home and how they show up at the grocery store or how they show up at church, Um, you know, in more public settings or in the media or social media? So protecting the family image, that's a really big one. The next one, fulfilling their parents' unmet needs. Okay, I want to pause here and just recognize the fact that just remember this post is focusing on children, like little children who are still developing, who don't know how to meet their own needs, um, who are still trying to nurture themselves and figure out how to live life. Um, So when you're an adult and let's say your parents are aging, what I'm not saying with these, and I don't think what these are intended to be teaching is that you can't help your parents, you know, find an old folk home or whatever, a retirement center to live at, or you can't help your parents do things that are difficult for them to do as they are getting older. I do think there's probably some good healthy boundaries that you'd want to have at that point as well. But from a place of love and care is different than going so far that you are not taking care of yourself or your own family. So that's what you want to be watching out for. And do you have the capacity to say, Hey, you know, I would love to do that for you, but I've already done these things for you. And I actually need to take care of me now. So I can't do any more and leaving it to your parents or whoever else to, to take care of themselves or to find their own way and noticing how do people in your family or life respond when you do set a boundary and to be able to take care of yourself, right? If they're upset or they're like, that's selfish. There's that word again. That's when we want to be, that's when we want to be on to knowing what is healthy and what's not and being able to leave that like, okay, they're saying that's selfish, but I know it's not. I'm actually just healthily taking care of myself. I'm going to give that back to them. That's their thought, not mine. I'm not taking that on. Um, the next one is being your parents' therapist, Right. Um, that's a hard one too, if your parents are going through something, but the hope is that they, when you were little, that they, they'd get their own mental health help and, um, recognizing that if you're leaning on your kids, especially if they're young, especially your daughters, I think that as women, we can really more easily overshare or more or heavily lean on our daughters, just remembering, protecting their childhood and say, you know what I need to, if I'm leaning on my seven-year-old to really be there for me in ways that are probably beyond her, maybe I need more support right now privately, like for myself, right? The next one is protecting their parents. So are you you asking your children to protect you? Um, Now, again, if there's a family emergency and they want to go out of their way to, to take care of you and worry about you, that's fine. But I even have to redirect my daughter because you know, when her nervous system gets dysregulated or, or she's kind of activated, she will try to nurture me and protect me and take care of me. And I, I know what that does because I did that when I was little and I don't want her doing that. I don't. And it. some people don't like that. They're like, well, but that's loving. That's how we love each other. It's like, but she's a minor and I'm her parent. And so I just gently redirect her and I reassure her, I will, I will meet my needs. I can take care of me. You, what do you need right now? And we have the conversation. What do you need? And that gives her that safety and permission to focus back on herself. Because her number one job is not taking care of me and making me look good. Her number one job is figuring out who she is and being honest and aligned with who she is. And that's a big job. And I don't want my taking care of my needs to come between her and that job because that's sacred. And that's what I believe is the best mothering is is really letting her do that job 
staying, not, not being so far removed that you're not helping, but also not, not being so far involved that you're trying to manipulate and steer that for her, right? For your own motives. Um, the next one, the, there's two more. So easing a parent's anxiety and fulfilling a parent's dream. Those are the last two. Let's talk about fulfilling a parent's dream real quick. And then I think we're just wrapping up. So we all know that typical scenario of the dad that played football that never made it to, you know, as far professionally as a football player as he wanted to. And so he's (laughs) come hell and high water. He's going to get his son in football, right? Totally is a thing. Or for you, it might be like you wanted to be a singer, but you, you chose to give up singing in order to start a family and have kids. And so you like really push your kids to sing, even when they don't love it or whatever, or maybe they don't love it, but they're kind of pretending they love it because they can tell how much you love it, right? So you have to be careful. You got to ask your kids, hey, are you doing this just because I want you to, or do you really love it? I've asked my kids that before because I've caught myself getting really enthusiastic about what I think my kids should do um, or what I want them, what I want them to do. And I have to step back and be like, okay, wait, did you want to do that? Or is that just me? And they'll be honest. Typically. I mean, depends how much safety there is in the relationship, but my son has been like both. Like I do it cause I know you love it, but I also, I, I kind of like it too. And so it's just good to have those conversations. So definitely have those conversations. My friends check in on your little ones. Are they doing these nine things? Maybe you can have a little family meeting. Maybe first, maybe just go through these yourself. Think about your inner child, and maybe bring that to my group or on a console if you want, if there's a lot of uh, dra- uh, drama or like layers there, work to do, healing to do, unloading to do. And then have this chat with your spouse maybe or your partner, right? And then also um, potentially your children, depending on their ages. So I hope these help. I am never going to apologize or be ashamed of helping women come into their full, most authentic selves. If you listen to the intro of my podcast, that's what we're here to do. I believe that that is going to benefit your family of origin and the family that you're creating right now. I believe that it's never protecting of anyone for you to deny yourself of of your, your own needs and who you really are in order to facilitate things for others. I will, I want to live in a world where we can do both, where we can hold both, where we can take care of ourselves and through taking care of ourselves, that gives us the capacity to take more care of our children or the capacity to take more care of our aging parents and not just take care, but love them. So that's my promise. You guys, for those of you who get nervous about investing in yourselves, my promise is that investment in you always creates more investment in the family, always creates an abundance, a sum total that is more abundant than when it started. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Come book a free 30 minutes with me if you're interested in my group coaching program. And we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to leave me a review on this podcast if you love it. All right, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. Hey. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.